welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Anna-Claire Longford, I am really, really excited to hear your story and share what's going on with you in your life Um, And She's the Boss Chat. So thank you so much for agreeing to do it. No worries. Thank you very much, Jules. It's going to be an absolute riot, I'm sure. I think it might be. (laughs) I do love you. From the moment I met you, I thought you were awesome. Okay, but anyway, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Why don't you tell everybody what it is that you do and why? Yes. So um, currently my role, I'm a lecturer at the University of South Australia in construction management. And I just love being able to pass on my practical knowledge because I just have a really diverse past. And I love sharing and just watching that moment when students go, oh, I get it. True, true, true. Now, one of the things, sorry, I should have jumped in as well because you're about to start a business. Yes. Um, which I'm very excited to be helping you about. So just tell people what I'm really interested and I always love is that light bulb moment that, you know, you know what, I need to go out on my own and do something. So can you just give us a little talk about that and then we're going to go back into your deep, dark past. But talk to me (laughs) about why, why have you decided that you're going to go into business for yourself? Yeah, well, I've I've started up a company and it's very very new and and it's it's on its on its way. It's called Master and Apprentice because yeah. I just see that there's so many gaps with you know pre apprenticeships, apprenticeship supporting, mentoring, coaching, you know, women and men in trades. Uh, we've all got a story. And we need yep. to know where to go to to get that support. So that's why I thought up, you know, mastering uh, apprentice because I want to be able to share all this awesome knowledge I've got and great connections that are very practical. And you know, if you've got a drama, you can ring me up and go, "Look, this is happening. What do I do?" Because I yeah, didn't have it. that as an apprentice. Right, which of course we're going to get to because I love it that you were the first female apprentice in South Australia. But we're going to get to that because you told me that bit a bit earlier. Um, what what I was going to say though around the name, just in case anyone thinks you're all into BDSM, it's around the master <laughs> builder and apprentice thing as opposed to anything else. Absolutely, no, no, and it's not the Star Wars movie either. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Just wanted to clarify that, that you're not going to be pulling out lightsabers. No, okay, no, so- no, no. So it's just about, you know, Empowering people that are interested in entering the construction industry or in the construction industry and connecting them with like-minded people. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And you are amazing. So let's go back. Um, I want you to cast your mind back to when you were a little girl. This is where we're going to start. Can you tell everybody where you grew up, what sort of size family you had and what your mum and dad did? Absolutely. So I had the wonderful privilege of being brought up in the country in South Australia called Clare Valley. And it's a wonderful little place. It's two hours north of Adelaide. Um, I am one of six. I have two big brothers and three little sisters. Uh, Grew up on a farm. Yep. With, uh, you know, dad, mechanic, fixes everything, absolute legend. And a mum, she's just an absolute warrior. She, you know, bringing up six kids, that's no easy feat. No, it isn't. She deserves a medal just for that alone. And for those of us that are parents now, I think we can all relate. Okay, so... um so, were you good at school? Did you enjoy primary school? Let's go start with primary and then we'll go to high school. 
Yeah, well, actually, we can go a little bit further forward to kindergarten. And, and my mum oh, didn't wow. tell me this till like <laughs> 10, 15 years ago. And she goes, I knew you were going to be doing work with your hands because I was always out on the table, you know, banging things together with a hammer and blocks and bottle caps. She goes, that's where we found you all the time. So oh, it wow. really doesn't surprise her that I am where I am. Um, yeah, but I love did, it. did primary school, you know, in Clare. I did the whole lot up at right. um, the Clare Valley Primary School, um, you know, was a little bit of a quiet kid, sort of, you know, didn't ruffle too many feathers. Were you good, were you good at school work? Did you? Nah, I mean, not really. I didn't really quite okay. know that in primary school, though. I was just like, yeah, just go along, see what well, happens. Well, yes, of course, of course. Sorry, I meant more. So if you did the whole lot, then I'm assuming high school was there as well. Yeah, absolutely. High school was there. And when I got into high school, you know, I just floated along. I was one of those students that just floated along. And then I found tech studies. So woodwork, plastics, um so Sheet talk to me metal. a bit about that. Well, so talk to me a bit about that because was it unusual? I mean, I don't want to point out our ages, but I didn't ever get offered anything around the trades or sheet metal or any of that kind of thing. So was it unusual to have a girl offered that where you were, or were you one of you I, know? I think it was offered to everybody. So you right. know, year nine, year ten, it was an opportunity that you could try it. But you know, traditionally, the girls did home economics with sewing and cooking, and the boys did That's tech right. studies with <laughs> woodwork, metalwork, and plastics. All the fun um, things. And- yeah, that's right. And then once I got in there, I was like, oh, wow, there's automotive, there's photography, there's graphic design. I did them all. Right. Because okay. I, I, I was not aware that, and it wasn't picked up until it was year 11, um, that I actually was undiagnosed dyslexia. Right, which which has to be a common theme, I would think, through a lot of kids that have got, gone on to do more trades and things that they can do with their hands because mm-hmm. dyslexia wasn't really a thing when we were much younger. Um, but there were a lot of kids who struggled with the schoolwork, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, my mum, she's a champion. I'll come home in she's tears a- and going, I just don't get this book, mum. I can't read it. The words yeah. keep moving. Um, and then, you know, talk to one of the – I think it was a friend that was a relief teacher at the time. My English teacher was like, I think you've got dyslexia. Like, you know, maybe we should go oh, and get great. you assessed. So, yep, come to the big smoke, got assessed, and no joke, you couldn't keep my head out of a book. Once I had those blue wow. glasses on as gooby as they probably were for you know a 15 year old person that's quite a challenge in itself it made a difference Jules so literally opened up a whole word of world of reading and writing for you that's brilliant I love hearing that so did you go through to year 12 or by that stage had you decided you wanted to do something different no, no, no. So I stuck it out to year 12. So my year level was 92, 93. I did year 11 and year 12. And that was the first um, uh, delivery of SACE. So right. What SACE? Feel- Is that like HSE? <laughs> Yes, correct. So okay. it's instead of having year 11 and then year 12 matriculation, which is hardcore and not a lot of students went on to, SACE right. came in to where they split it over two years. So it basically took you two years. You could take two years to get, you know, your final marks, which is great because the first year I remember in year 11, I just did the things I had to do, like English, yep. science, maths. And then I was like, woohoo, I got a year and a half to do the fun stuff where I did all tech studies, music, photography, automotive, um, and that made it much easier because without that I don't think I would have continued through to year 12. 
Yeah, interesting. Okay, so what was the so what did you decide to do when you finished? I mean, um, <coughs> did you yeah, go travelling? Did you take a, take a gap year, or did you go straight not, on to do work? Yeah, no. Then I didn't. I did a, a bit of work experience during those years, um, and one of the I think what probably sparked my interest was doing two weeks work experience during the midterm break with a local builder up in the ah, Clare Valley, and I just okay. went, this is awesome. I'm doing suspended ceilings and digging holes and backing trailers and building cabinets and, yeah, that where I was like, mm, this is it. This, wow. this is what okay. I want to do. But I still so didn't what... have any guidance about what, <coughs> no. what does that look like, Anna. There was none of that. Right. So, so what did Anna do then? And I went, went well, I'm builder. not going to be a checkout chick for the rest of my life. I'm going to uh, let, let, let's enrol in a pre-vocational course at TAFE down uh, in the Big Smoke in Elizabeth. So I did that. Um, I got accepted in 94. What was the course? I, construction? Yeah, pre-vocational course in um, construction. So it's like the pre-apprentice course. Okay. And did you love it? I loved it. I loved you- it. It was full time, four and a half days a week in Elizabeth. Um, I was one of two girls and one of the other girls also come from the Clare Valley. Um, oh, great. Yeah, Did it, you was, know it was her? great. Like the, the, so the two of you went down there together or you met her down there? I met her down there. I knew through okay. a friend of a friend, like one of my close friends I went to high school with and did all my schooling with was one of her good friend, family friends. Okay, cool. But we didn't meet until we actually got to the course. Right, and I don't know anything about South Australia. So when you say the big smoke in Clare Valley, did that mean you had to move out of home at that age? Did you go have yeah, to go and sure live in did. the city as well? Yeah. What was that yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. So that was a really big thing for me. Yeah, I, um, I really didn't like the big smoke. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> right. I, I had to – I had to live in the city, so I, I my parents have friends down here and I sort of camped with families for a couple of months until I got settled. But my mum's were, rules were I had to come home on the weekend. So, you know, that's what you do, nice. right? Oh, I love your mum. I actually just sounds amazing, um, as you're saying. Okay, so um, how long did that course last? So that was a year, I guess, the pre-vocational. Yeah. Then what do you yep. do? Then what yep, do you do? Yep. So that was um, a 12-month course and then our two big building associations, here in South Australia, the Master Builders Association and the mm-hmm. Housing Industry um, Association always come around to the TAFEs and they still do and they go, okay, who's your cop- top students? You know, we need some apprentices. And I was yeah. lucky enough to be one of those, one of the five um, that wow. got asked to apply for a carpentry joinery apprenticeship. And so what happens and, with that? What's uh, that like? Well, I can remember uh, there was a, a few moments in there where I was like, right, this is where it's got real. It's got down to business. Um, right, what do when you mean? Applied, I went and applied for this application with the other four young fellows that had been op- given this opportunity and I was just wearing a pair of black pants and a, can remember, a, a green flannel shirt. And he's like, what, you're not wearing a dress? And I'm like – Nah, Here we what go. would I wear a dress right. for? <laughs> oh, I'm not going to go on site in a dress. Yeah. Goes, oh, but you're a girl. And you know what? You obviously can tell that stuck with me for a while. Wow, Anna, that's amazing that he would even think that. Yeah, so that was or one was of the other lads. A, so was that a bit of bullying starting, do you think, or was oh, that just well, complete ignorance? Well, I don't think it was starting. 
right, it, it okay. always had been there. Um, right, but, you know, right. that's where my mentality and I think the years of being who I am and being a real, you know, I, I give it as hard as I got. And I was just oh, like, well yeah, done. mate. You know, that's whatever. What, you're going to wear a dress to an interview? <laughs> oh, my God, I love you. Okay, so uh, so did you get a job? I mean, what do you do out of that? Did you? So Absolutely. So I was Master Builders Association chapter from South Australia here, was their first female carpenter, joiner and apprentice. That is absolutely amazing. And were you a bit of a golden girl for them? Did they use you? as a bit of an um, example of, you know, women in trades or was it more Well, funny you should say that. At the, t- yeah. at the time, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, um, isn't it? They probably didn't want anyone to know. Yeah, like, no, at the time I didn't. I mean, there was, you know, in my later years in, in 97, when I'd nearly finished my apprenticeship, there was an, um, a movement over here called Women on the Move um, and I went out and spoke to a couple of schools and, and got a an awesome shot at me at 19 with my hammer in a ponytail hanging out in the playground looking all professional when I just couldn't get over it. The uh, the guy that was taking the photo for the local paper, I'm like, but it's a bolt. You don't bang a bolt with a hammer. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter, Anna. You look amazing. And that's when you and learned I, about I actually optics ha- and publicity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have that photo and I love it. I really, really cherish it now. I really do. I wish I had taken my more photos of when I was younger. Well, because um, you don't realise what a trailblazer you're being at the time and you absolutely no. were being a trailblazer. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't. I was, you know what, Jules, I was one of the boys. I was just yep. one of the guys. I just hung out with them. I did my job. I did my job really well. And I didn't feel like I was different at the time. Right. So, but, okay, so, and I know nothing about building, obviously. I was, I'm probably one of the 98% of women that have no idea. Uh, talk to me about, I mean, w- as a woman, did you, f- were you good at particular things? It, because we're very good at multitasking. We're very, obviously, we don't have the physical strength in the same way. Where Where do you think, you know, where are the positives and the, you know, I don't know. Tell me a bit about being what it's like being being in the construction trade as a woman. Yeah, well, I loved it and I knew no different because, you know what, like I said in the beginning, my parents are absolute the best support crew I've got because they never, ever said, no, you can't do that. My parents no, are like, yeah, fantastic. go for it. We got your back. You're here. You could do whatever you like. Right. So having that support I think was amazing. And and I was talking to someone the other day about champions of change and you know what? My mum is an absolute champion. And yeah, my dad. sounds like it. Because Sounds I didn't like know I had all this support because that really makes a difference. But, you yeah. know, going going on from your question of what the what was the building industry like, I loved it. I did so many things, Jules. I did uh, residential, extensions, um, big builds, commercial, wood frames, steel frames, maintenance. Like I did everything. I was exposed right. to so many things within the construction industry and I was really privileged to have had some really really, really good hosts during my yeah, apprenticeship time. Sounds and, like it. And, and one of them, I uh, was with him for nearly two and a half years and, and Tony Vallalonga of Valco Developments was just an absolute legend. He never said, you're a chick, you can't do it, you can't do this, you can't do that. I oh, just did great. it. We just did it. So, so but was there anything that you couldn't do? Oh, hey, 
I was uh, <laughs> I was 19 at the time. I was invincible. I could <laughs> oh, do well, anything. I know that we, we, yeah, we all think we're six foot tall and bulletproof at that age. But I guess I wonder, were there physical uh, things that you struggled with or not really? They just always gave you the measuring and the managing or the ordering. I don't even know what jobs there are in a Yeah, no, construction I just did everything. No, nah, right. I did everything, Jules. I did everything okay. that anybody else did. And nowadays I think about it, no wonder I hurt so much because in those days there wasn't the OH&S requirements and policies that there right. is. It was like, right, there's two ladders, there's a big beam, you hop up one end and lift it up, mate. Right, yep, okay. Um, and so uh, so you finished your apprenticeship. Where, I did. What happened then? Did you find getting a job was easy? Um, so I actually finished my apprenticeship in 97 and I thought, yep. you know what, I'm going to have that gap here that everybody talks about. Nice. So, so where did you go? I uh, applied for um, uh, a visa to go to Canada for 12 months Okay. because um, I could get work on that um, and I stopped off at the US for a while and met some people and worked on some projects and then when I needed more money, I'd go over the border to Canada and earn some more cash and then come back. Uh, I did oh, that for wow. 12 months. So, so you were working on building sites in America and in Canada as well? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. you cool. So I did, built a bridge did you in New find, Jersey somewhere. That's that's very cool. And did you find that interesting? I mean, how did that differ from Australia? Like when you went over there, was there a total acceptance? Like, of course, women do that, that or were you still pretty unusual? Yeah, nah, pretty unusual because I remember a friend of mine, he was like, you know, you can get this job with a shire, which is like a council over there in New Jersey, um, and he hooked me up and – you know, rocked up on site and they're like, oh, it's a chick. Oh, it's an Aussie chick. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yep, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and they just loved it, I bet. Okay, yeah. so now just talk me uh, through a little bit more of your career until you got into the teaching. What's happened since then that's led you into the teaching? How, how long did you work in the industry? I don't know. there are any highlights from that? Yeah, no, so I worked in the industry for a while and I had varying roles and I think that what adds to my my ability to understand what actually happens because, you know, I did estimating, I did site supervision, I did managing, I did OH&S, I did all of those things. Um, I went to worked at Bunnings part-time in the trade centre so I could put myself through cert, uh, diploma in building nice. because, you know, I thought now, now what do I do? I need to do that little bit more. Um, so I worked part part-time for a couple of building companies while at um, TAFE, yep. uh, got, got that, you know, had many different roles. I mean, roof truss detailer, truck driver, I, I did all of it within the construction oh, right, industry. Okay, so if you're such a Jill of all trades, um, how – yeah, keep going. I, I'm jumping in. I've asked the question. Tell me how you yeah, get, no, got no, to no. teaching. No, no, no. I was, I was working for a building company as um, one of their project um, managers' assistants at the time. Right. And we were quoting a lot of jobs for the government housing. And um, one of my friends that I'd worked through in a previous maintenance role was like, oh, have you ever thought of coming to TAFE and, and teaching the apprentices like part-time? And I'm like, well, no. He goes, I reckon you'd be great at it. You'd be fantastic at yeah, it. And same. I thought, oh, you know <laughs> what? I'll just well give it a spotted. crack. Like right. everything and, else I've done, I'll just give it a crack. What have you got to lose, right? how long ago right? was that? I mean, how, how how long have you been doing it for now? Um, So that would be uh, 17 years ago I started part-time wow. at Tate. okay, okay. Yep. 
Yep. So the uh, local TAFE here in Marlston, it's not here any longer. Um, right. I would teach all of the year levels of the apprentices and then the pre-apprentices that the course I did many, many years ago. And then I saw that there was a bit of an issue with numeracy literacy issues. So we developed a pre-pre-apprentice course. And well, what do you mean by that? Just talk to me a little bit because you gave me a great example when I caught up with you um, of how you teach the kids around numeracy and literacy. Um, and you also said often, because I've got a son who's thinking about it, and you said often if they're not good at school, that is what they think of is the trade. So it's um, so it, it's interesting that you identified that. But talk a little bit about how do you teach kids that find it difficult to do numeracy and literacy around um, how to get up to speed because they've got to do it, I guess. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, those students that are struggling a little bit at school or don't, you know, aren't down that naturally academic route, they are going to be our tradespeople and they just needed that little bit of support. So the numeracy literacy support that we provided um, was a full-time course for six months. And okay. I teach things practically because, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't good at maths. I'm still right. not good at maths. And I was like, hang on a minute, how can I teach this? How would I understand what was being taught? And and one of the examples we would uh, have to do is is fractions. You know, how do you work fractions out? And I'm like, okay, what, well, what if you can work. Can I ask first, why do you need fractions in building? Well, it's, I mean, different trades, you might need those fractions um, in working out how much do you need. Like maybe it's not, you know, a, a can of paint or, you know, how much is left or how much more do I need to get. You could work yeah, it out right. in volume. But okay. for fractions, I mean, you wouldn't really use fractions specifically for carpentry, but there's parts within it that you might. Right. And I can remember in high school going fractions and I was like, oh, I've got yeah. no idea what you're talking about, mate. None, yep, yep, none yep, whatsoever. Um, and I was like, okay, so before we go to lunch, um, I'm going to order you some pizzas. And as you can imagine, having 12 young young boys in the room, like, awesome, we're getting pizzas for lunch. <laughs> and they would rock up and they say, right, so um, we're going to do a bit of fractions before we start. I said, everybody, you know, take take one piece of pizza. And they're like, okay, cool. She's lost yeah. it. Okay, yeah, great. Good job, Anna. And um, and then I'd be right. So have another piece of pizza. And they're like, okay, two pieces of pizza, Anna. Awesome, thanks. And I'd go say, how much of the pizza is left? And they're like, well, okay, well, two, four, six pieces. Right. I said, how many were there in the beginning? Eight. I said, well, you ate. How much of the pizza? And they go, a quarter. So guess what you just did? You just did a fraction. <laughs> Now, wow. eat another two and tell me how many pieces of the pizza and a fraction there is. And it's a light bulb moment. Like it happens every time where I'm just like, wow, I get it. I absolutely oh, so get it. Fantastic. You know, and it's just doing things practically. If you've got to do, you know, find out the square meter of carpet in a room, you get a tape measure out and you measure that wall and then you measure the, the adjacent wall. You times them together, and that's how much carpet you need. Yeah, brilliant. You do and make like, it sound oh. really. I said, well, you just did meter squared. You just worked out how much area there was, <laughs> and you just—that's just like a maze. Like, oh, cool, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and it's got real world kind of applications instead of all that airy fairy. You know, if I have five apples and they have three oranges, how many sheep are there? Which is kind of the way I look at maths. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, who cares? You're on a farm. Right. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. But, you know, there, there was always things that sit there with their tape measures and try and touch the roof and, you know, that's that's what the young yeah, people fun. do. But yeah, you just yeah. got to go, okay, so how can we make this fun? And the other thing was, you know, these young people would have to catch public transport to attend this particular course. Yeah. And for some of them, it was three it was two trains and a bus or two trains and a walk. Right. So I would have, you know, hot chocolates and two-minute noodles and packets of chips and, you know, I'd say I understand that you've made the effort to be here and I appreciate that. But, you know, clean your cups up, put your spoons away, put your rubbish <laughs> in the bin. And what they don't realise is they're actually, you know, taking, having good conversations, building good relationships, earning respect, you know, working with colleagues, you know, there's people they're not going to like, that's life, but, yep. you know, being being good and learning these skills because some of them don't have it, Jules. They don't have those influences. They don't have it at home. Yeah. Nah. nah. Yeah. And, you know, okay, some of them so weren't having breakfast, so, so I bought a, bit a toaster. Of a bit of a mother hen as well. And and I love it because, you know, in, in some roles I've had, they're going, oh, you're being too much of a mum. I said, if you want to see it like that, that's perfectly fine. But some people need that encouragement. And I'm, I'm maybe not their mum. I'm just somebody that listens and listens, really listens to what they've got to say. You know, I'd hear about girlfriends and parents divorcing and dogs dying and, you Aww. know, I'm an uncle or an auntie or I blew out my knee playing footy. Like, you know, you only get the respect and communications by building those relationships. Oh, I love that. God, you must have so many ex-students that absolutely love you. <laughs> oh, so. well, I, I, funny, funny you should yeah, say that. Me. I actually met up with a couple of my young lads uh, about a month ago and I just reached out to them um, and said, look, you know, let's catch up. I'd love to hear what you guys are doing. And, and we caught up at a local cafe, me and, me and a couple of these lads, and, and one of them has finished his painting apprenticeship Yep. and completed four years after his apprenticeship. And he always wanted to be a carpenter. So he's just started his second apprenticeship as a carpenter. Oh, wow. Um, so he did fantastic. And then the other young lad, he took six years to do his apprenticeship because he um, had to learn a few things the hard way and lost his license a couple of times. But oh, you know what? When they walked in that door, Jules, I was like, look at those grown men. Like, look how far they come. They're not – you know, running across the oval they're not, or they're pimply little seventeen year olds anymore. They're like thirty year old blokes. Absolutely. And it was such a pleasure. Like it made me feel so good to actually reconnect with them and go, Okay, so what, mate? Took you six years to do an apprenticeship. Yeah, so what, exactly. What have you learnt from that? And he goes, Well, you know what? I learnt what not to do and I apologized <laughs> I, I apologize to my parents quite a lot. Um Aww. and I'm not doing and I'm not doing the things that I, I did do and it just took me a bit longer. And he said, um, and, and you know what, you made me think about a few things because they, they yeah, made bet. some bad choices during my course and, and I gave them a bit of a bit of a fonging. Um, yep. and, and sent Good. them home and and he goes, I just remember that. That was a, a pinpoint in my life where I was like, I had to check that I was actually not a very nice person. Right. And I said, thanks, mate. Thanks for sharing. And I, yeah. and I hope you share that with lots of people because we're not all the same. We're not cookie no, cutters. and we're not all perfect and we don't all have this no. perfect trajectory that says, you know, we started A and we get to B and there's no deviation along the way. So good on him. And yeah, good on and you. you know he's 
Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. And it was just really nice to get back that appreciation. I mean, I'd be at the shopping center and I'll get someone and I go, Oi, miss. And I'm like, Hello. <laughs> and he's like, Hi. And I'm, some I'm like, Whoa. You. <laughs> yeah. Or you get these strange arms, give you a hug, and they're like, Hey, miss, how are you going? I'm like, Good. Oh. Good. That Thanks, is so mate. Sweet. <laughs> and, you know, they're running their own companies and employing their own apprentices. Like, I couldn't be prouder of them. I really yeah. couldn't be proud of them. So at some stage did you decide I love this so much that I'm going to keep teaching and I'm I'm going to give up being on building sites? Yeah. Yeah, so that's how the um the transition of full-time into TAFE actually were, uh t- took a while because okay. I wasn't quite happy to give up on the tools and I wanted to keep in the industry and So what you know, so what they- happened that you finally decided to go full-time? Um you know what it was probably the students Watching uh-huh. them grow and I'm just like, you know what? They actually need more time of mine. And I was like, right. I've, this is – I love doing it. I love doing it. it. It's part of what I do and it, and it is a very challenging role to do and I've It had, is, but you're you know, so clearly suited to it. Like even just talking to you now, it, you so clearly found, you know, your superpower um, and the, and you can tell just from the way you're speaking about the, the boys that you've taught. Have you taught many women, by the way? Have you taught many girls? No. No. So At all? Throughout like a, f- t- nah. a few? No. no, so at TAFE, um, I was the only female lecturer at the TAFE right. at the time. Um, I think I am was actually right up. There was a, another lady that would come in and um, do a bit of uh, casual work in with our cabinet makers. But as far as employed by the TAFE, I was the only female employed within that um, building construction environment. Right. So, and then- you know, that – and then your students, Any have you, have you had many girls come through the programs? Yeah, you'd, you'd have a couple of apprentices. Okay. Um, I don't think I saw any come through that pre-pre-apprentice stage. Um, there was a couple in the pre-voc, which is the pre-apprentice. There was a couple that would come through. Um, right. We did vets in school, so a school would come one day a week for six months and right. occasionally there'd be a girl, but, yeah, very, very far and few between. Isn't that interesting? And yet, and 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 you, over the last few years now, I mean, didn't the government mandate something recently where they said, I don't know whether that's just Victoria, but fifty percent of the people on building sites have to be girls. I know that it it came out, and I thought, where are they going to find them? They haven't got fifty yeah. percent of women. So, uh, are, are you starting to see more, or still not really? Yeah, there's still a few. I, I mean, I'm seeing. I am seeing more. To be honest with you, I am Good. seeing more. Um, and I've been in the the, the uh, university role for five years, and I am slowly seeing more. But it's still a very very small number. Yeah, very it's two percent. I think. Um, I yeah, interviewed Hasia Atherton last week, and I think you know her from Empowered Women in Trades. I and do. That she, the stat she gave me is two percent. Yep. Which is yeah, pretty crap, and obviously needs needs helping. But I mean, you know, things like that government mandate are gonna are gonna force people to make it look much more attractive to women. 
Oh, absolutely. And and I'm I, I like being involved with lots of different places and actually being a really practical person about getting stuff done. I'm not someone to sit down and talk about it for ten no. years. I bet um, not. <laughs> I, I, I'm in there to get stuff done and I and I've been talking with um a few associations and people from the East Coast, um, because they've been doing it um a lot more proactive than what we have been here in South Australia. Right. Um so, you know, we're having conversations and it's it's good to have yeah, let's let's make more, but how is that actually going to happen? How are you going to yeah. encourage them? How are you going to bring them in? And then my most important thing is how are you going to retain them? Yeah, it's all I think well and the good retent- to get them in. Yeah, I agree. I think that they will come. I think you'll find the young girls will come, but retaining them, I think, is right, especially when they've got when they start thinking they want families of their own and things like that. How they're going to. Yep manage it and what the industry is going to do to be able to retain those women. But it's good to hear that they are starting to come through because, and it is by doing things like this, Santa Claire, really. Mm. It's, you know, Mm. it's like making it visible so people can listen in their car and hopefully there'll be girls. I know that some people have sent me messages saying that they listen to these interviews in the car with the kids or girls on the way to school. It's that kind of thing that I think when they realise other women have done it, that they could do it too. It's a, a lot of it is about visibility. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, and, uh, there's, yeah, and there's so on. many associations that are great. And there's so many great women that, you know, that you can see that have done it. Um, yeah. And it's, we are, we have to be here for each other and we have to support each other. And my motto is, has it been through all of my career, Jules, is, you know what, just give it a crack because yeah. you, you just need to try it. And if you don't like it, that's okay. Put a line through it and pick something else. And within the construction industry, you don't have to be just a tradie on the tools. You could work in the office. You could be an estimator. You could be a site supervisor. I was talking yeah, to a friend true. of mine yesterday that's building a house and the company he's building through, two of their site supervisors are women. And he goes, yeah, I was so impressed. He goes, they just absolutely blew me away with organization, getting stuff done. He goes, it was an absolute pleasure. So we, yeah. you know, what we just we need more of it, Jules. Um, It'll happen. It'll happen it if will. you keep doing what we're doing, and the government's pushing it, and and the more that we make it, you know, accessible to women, I guess, um, the more it'll work. But but to have someone like you uh, there as a great teacher and someone that they can talk to, I think, will, makes a huge difference. All right. So let's say that we're kind of up to date with your career now. I've got some more questions for you. One is on your business journey and in your career journey, obviously you will have been surrounded by loads of amazing guys and I get that Mm -hmm. completely. Are there any women that you can think of that have helped you in your career uh, that you could do a bit of a shout out and let us know? It's just that at She's the Boss, I feel like we need to make women more visible. So if someone Mm. has been great to you, a woman in your career, um, name them. Tell me about it. Absolutely. I'd I'd be honoured to. And there was a wonderful woman and and bless her heart, she's not with us anymore, but I used to call her my city mum. So she was actually the boss lady of uh, the Master Builders Association and looked after all of us apprentices. Yeah. Yeah. Winifred Hughes. Wow, that was a woman. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And she was amazing. And I can remember these are the old days where there was uh, no socials to hand up your timesheet, no app. You had to physically go and drop it off every Friday. And I'd go in there and some days, Jules, I had bad days. And I'd go in and I'd be swearing and cursing and waving my arms around and be mad. And you know what? Yeah. She just stood there, took it, 
gave me so- solid advice. She had a couple of young girls herself, um, and and yeah, she was my city mum. Um, wow. I, I still I still keep in touch with her to her daughter Dallas, um, but yeah, she was just a a beautiful soul to be able to go and vent to. Oh, that is so fantastic she, to hear. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, de- definitely a champion. Like she, she had it all together. You know, I used to go to the foot local footy with her to the Red Legs, and you know, have a pie and a beer. And when she went on holidays, I babysat a dog and her plants. Aww. And you know, it's just yeah, she was absolutely amazing. Well, what a great woman who's obviously left her, her mark. Um, were there any others? You were saying that there were a couple. Have you got any more? Yeah, I mean, there's other women out there that I just aspire to sometimes, where I'm just like. <laughs> You know, I look at what they do and I think that's a really hard job. And and some of those women, I've actually lucky enough to meet them. We had an event a couple of weeks ago with women that are actually on the tools. So oh, great. working And it was just amazing to walk into that room and look at all those women. And I looked at them and I went, yep, they're all tradies. They've got spunk. They've got grit. They've oh, got resilience. Fantastic. The, you know, and, and I could just see it. I could feel it. Like the whole room was just vibing with this, this, you We've know. We've all got each no, other's back. Yeah, but you won't yeah, push me around it. and I've done it hard and I've had kids and I've had career changes to make that work. And I think it's about hearing those stories and having those people all watching each other's back. Yep. Well, you know, statistically it says that if women have a support – so this is some stat I read and I just love it. Guys, as long as they have a support network, we'll do really well. That's what they'll they'll kind of get their way up to their leadership roles or whatever they want. With women, it makes a huge difference if they've got a female support group. And it is mm-hmm. true that if you've got other women who are kind of going through it, then and, and particularly I would think when you're in an industry where you're a minority um, – makes even more difference. So that's great to hear that you're all getting together. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to these events because there's lots of associations that are for the construction industry, but what I do see a lot of them are for the women that are working in the offices, which is amazing. Yeah. But to have that support for the women that are on the tools, it's it's a different playing platform, Jules. It's it's a different yeah, because, beast with different well, issues. Well, um, I'm about to go on holiday tomorrow with my friend, um, with my with some friends to Vanuatu, and one of the women um, has been a builder all you know almost all her life, but she's been working in a steel frame factory for um, hmm. modular housing, and I know what's interesting is that her body has is kind of wearing out from well, I mean she's nearly sixty now, but from wearing out from being on the tools. So I just feel like it's great that you've all got each other's back and that you're all part of it because there will be career progressions that will suit people when that when they leave the tools and into other things. But it's fantastic for the people to have that experience. Absolutely. And the stuff you learn out there on the beat, on the tools, Jules, you can take into any of those careers. And that's what I say to my, you know, young people that talk to me is you don't have to do this forever. You don't have to be on the tools no, forever. that's right. You can go into every, any avenue you want. And and I wish I had someone telling me that because, um, like I said, I fell into roles. It was right. like, just give it a go. If I had yep. someone say, you know, when I was a third-year apprentice, what about doing this small – start your own small business course or, you know, a type of vision course so you can go out and be a supervisor when you're finished? Like, yeah, right. You know, no, no one ever suggested that stuff. Okay, fantastic. 
All right. Um, so how now when you are about to start your own business, you're lecturing and you've got this passion, which which just comes through all the time, how are you juggling your work and your life so that you don't burn out and you don't do too much? Are you good at taking holidays and weekends for yourself? Um, I do actually find that a challenge because when I do something, I give it everything I've got. I um, bet. <laughs> but I, I have definitely learnt in the last couple of years that I need to book in a holiday. So I just come back from a work conference um, and, and tacked on the end of uh, another week of that with family, which was wonderful. And that was yep. actually in the UK. And I built a goat shed in the middle of a Birmingham paddock. <laughs> I love that. Love that. So, uh, you know, and th- there's an Anna legacy somewhere out there of Riverside uh, in Birmingham for, for some therapy goats for my niece. Oh, I love it. I love it. But how, what uh, I guess what I'm interested in is you said, yes, I've got much better in the last couple of years. I, I, I kind of am wondering if you learned the hard way. What, what made you suddenly decide you've got to take holidays? Yeah, um, I, w- I wouldn't say I learnt the hard way, but I, I definitely went, this is just not sustainable. I can't right. keep doing this. You yep. know, being a mum, looking after a house, you know, providing all the support, being a village to other people, yep. um, it is it is very taxing. Um, but I do make sure that I've when I come back from a holiday, I've got another holiday booked in. And, and you know, my outer office, as soon as I get home from that holiday, those dates are in there because I know when it gets to it, I'll be tired and I will. Yeah. Just want to check out and and take some amount of time, um, but I still go and see my family up at the Clare Valley. Heading up there yep. this weekend and cut some firewood with my dad Beautiful. and my little sister. So you know, all of that's really warming to the soul, and yeah. it's very and hard. Yeah, hard to make sure you do it. Yes, um, but I I I and I haven't got it right from the beginning, like you said. No, but well, I mean, I, could- I don't think it, yeah, I don't know that anyone does, but I think as you get more successful, as you get older, as you get busier, um, to put those kind of things in place and just to know you've got a holiday to look forward to mm. kind of allows you to push yourself um, knowing that you've got that break. And and every once in a while I'll interview women and they'll go, oh, no, I haven't had a holiday for three years. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> like yeah. you need one. Yeah, I, I love checking out my countdown, Jules. <laughs> I have one on my phone, and when you're having a day, you're like, "Okay, just have a look at that." Ooh, just right, fifty-four a couple more of weeks. days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. Um, okay, Anna, is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I know it is a good one, isn't it? And I know you're pretty transparent, so I wouldn't think there's a lot that's hidden. But more that is there. So it doesn't have to be work; can be anything. Anything that you're a bit quirky, that somebody thinks you're a bit quirky about? Oh, I just like being the individual I am. I'm so true <laughs> to my roots and I am who you I are. am. I, I love I love my animals. Um, I think they've actually provided me a lot of support through difficult times. You know, I one of the tasks I do every day is I take my dog for an early morning walk. That might be at 5.30 in the morning and I don't take my phone and I don't put a book in my ear and we just walk. Yeah, nice. That's really and that's- and that is one of the things that I will not give up um, because I I need to do that. Uh, how to get rid of some frustrations? That's probably a quirky thing. I like cleaning. I know oh. that might sound weird to some people, but I no, find it, it actually in- doesn't sound weird to me. Are you a Virgo? No, Sagittarius. Oh, that's weird. Virgos, I love cleaning as well. I find it really cleaning. And the other thing I love is cooking. For some yeah. reason, I just find it really, really sort of, you know, relaxing. 
Um, Anna, you are so amazing. It's been so great to talk to you. I can't wait to share this because I don't get to interview a lot of women in the construction industry, um, but having Hacey's will come out probably the week before yours. So it's really great to sort of start putting it out there that there is this whole career path for a whole lot of people that they probably haven't even thought of. Um, Mm. So thank you. If anyone wants to get hold of you, what are the best ways to do it? I don't want phone numbers or email addresses, but... Uh, yeah, no, LinkedIn, well, I do Facebook, my site. You tell yeah, me. Yeah, Facebook. Um, so I do have a Facebook site for Master and Apprentice. Um, right. It's only early, early days. Um, it's a work in progress. And I also have a website. So I'm happy for people to go to that and so uh, have a look. So masterandapprentice.com.au, is it? That's correct, yep. And and is in A-N-D. A-N-D. And, and, and you you're also put- on LinkedIn. Um, I'm in LinkedIn under Anna Claire Longford at the moment. Yep. So you're more than happy to to reach out and any questions because we all have to make the difference. Yep. That's right. So, We've all got to have each other's backs and yep. lift up the women around us, really. So great. Well, it's just been an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much, Anna. Thanks, Jules. An absolute privilege. And you know what? Just give it a go. Got nothing to lose, guys. I couldn't agree more. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.